welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and fellow degenerates, to another episode of the Cutback Podcast, where we keep our head on a swivel to bring you our living room commentary on the latest and greatest from the world of sports and the business that does, in fact, surround it. I'm Ian Burley. I'm Colin Munns. And we're off and running. It does, in fact, surround it. Wait, man, you threw, you threw me off on the beat there. That was, <laughs> that was, I, I was even thrown off by the in fact. In fact, if you are unaware, business does surround the sports on the field court diamond pitch. Wherever. I think our whole, I think our whole brand just came crumbling down off that cadence you just decided to take <laughs> off cuff there. Yeah, I added in the old boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, degenerates at the front too. <laughs> Don't really know what's going on, you know. Sometimes words just come out of your mouth. Man, that story of my life hit right there. That's <laughs> that should be in season, in season description. Uh, just. Boys and girls, ups and downs, lefts and rights. We don't really know what's going on. Uh, we're just ad libs all over. Yeah, it, we it, we are staring summer in the face ish, you know. And everybody is just flying by the seat of their pants. I mean, would I would prefer to be flying by the seat of my pants ten out of ten times as opposed to the alternative. True, true. Yeah, a lot of Jesus take the wheel, or Carrie Underwood take the wheel. You know whoever insert trustworthy individual take the wheel uh, uh, okay also but i will say i think that is a skill the ability to to look at a situation and say jesus take the wheel or or the powers that be take the wheel on this situation because i i've worked with a, in you minor league baseball i think you can speak to this as you've worked on many a project uh in the minor league baseball world i think minor league baseball like forces you to have that skill in in take it with you into the business world it, it because there are so many jesus take the wheel moments yeah and another way to frame that is control the controllables right mm-hmm. and that's something that we've learned probably at every stop of our sports intersection careers even from the days of being in football buildings there's only so much that you can control and a lot of times you just gotta say yeah fuck me babe and yep. keep moving <laughs> take, take it you just took the l on that one and we move on like we yep. you gotta just move on and, and i think that's a definite minor league baseball move uh but yeah gee the jesus take the wheel mentality is not something uh, yeah i'm seeing it here at the major league level it's not something that most are comfortable with. And I'm just, I'm also like the guy who's like, Hey, we got to go pull tarp at four in the morning. That's uh, you know what? Just them's the breaks, you know, yeah. welcome to season. And I don't pull tarp anymore, but, uh, but you would, I would, if they asked me to, you know, and then I guess it's just a minor league baseball mentality, but you know, whatever it is, what it is. Go Tigers. Yeah. We're, we're playing like a bunch of minor leaguers at the moment. <laughs> Way she goes. But I was glad uh, DJ and myself, along with other friends, got to see the Tigers get a big win this past Saturday in Comerica. Yes, you did. Uh, Baltimore. Sunny day. Couldn't tell you much of the like game cast of the game, but you know, the Blue Tigers, they'll get you. The Blue Tigers, uh, that's a fan favorite, folks. Uh, if you don't come to Comerica Park and get a Blue Tiger, you're messing up. And once you get there, you'll know what it is. Yeah. You'll know what it is. It's a, it's a if you know, you know situation. <laughs> and if you be, if you come, you'll find out quick kind of, kind of deal. The only thing that I partially regret, but not, not really because I was not hungry, but I did partially regret not getting any ballpark food. It feels sacrilegious. I, I honestly cannot believe we had an Ian Burley in Comerica Park sighting and not an Ian Burley eating a pasty sighting, <laughs> um, which 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 I'm I'm I think I'm disappointed. And I'll speak for a, a new listener and former guest of the show, Megan Prusy. I know uh, as a youper herself, she <laughs> she's disappointed in you. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that. Um, It's funny how just in general, like some of the random things that you see on Twitter because people that you follow have liked these things and it just pops up on your feed. Because of this, I sometimes randomly see like 
Uper updates and Upper Peninsula news. That's just <laughs> random likes from Mac and Percy, and I'm just like, what is going on up there? So, do we need to do we need to take a moment on the podcast each week to just have a Uper update for me? In uh, well, the last you- thing I saw is I think like a high school got a new basketball coach. Maybe uh, the listeners will confirm. <laughs> So, so next week, folks, we're going to start the Uber update segment from Ian. Uh, he is going to provide us his Twitter update from the UP. Uh, North of the bridge, we'll call it. Yeah, north of the bridge. Uh, so, so make sure to tune in next week for that one. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we are always adding new segments, but we always have our consistent segments as well. And we've got a little grab bag of some interesting topics that fall into the work section because as we mention every week there is a business that surrounds this world of sports it's mostly a business i would say 99 95% of business yeah well and that's a whole kind of uh mind boggling realization as well is it started as a sport started started and it quickly became a business did it become one or did we bastardize it into one um i mean either or i suppose yeah i mean because i i argue uh, all right let's play this game do are we is the business shaping the sport or is the sport shaping the business oh goodness gracious well at first the sport shaped the business i would have to think originally right because the sport is what brought people to watch which then people were like oh we can make this a business However, now it's a little bit of both. I think it's a two-way street now. I would argue where I think we've hit the the mountaintop and the and we're coming down the other side that it's now the the business is driving the decisions of the sport. Oh, I think that definitely happens, but we've and, seen like sport that isn't able to create a business, so the sport still has to be um able to sustain the business but the business kind of like you alluded to drives decisions within the sport to make sure that that does continue yeah uh, i mean it's all i think the in baseball you see it the most football too you're seeing it too i think i think those two sports you're seeing it most um pace of play rules with baseball being the example and football with the don't touch our quarterback uh quarterback the the kind of increase of defensive penalties just in general i mean i think it's probably the same with basketball i mean look at the three-point shot and what that has done for a lot of things but that's the three-point shot the three-point shot's been around for so long i'm not ready to call that i just i think the that was a line put down on the floor and then a whole concept of the game that came after the way the game was played that came 15 years after the line was put down. Yeah. Yeah. It was a uh, slow burn on the three point line. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the I don't think when they painted that line on the floor, it was all of a sudden like, wow, the NBA was revolutionized. Uh, actually it was revolutionized, but then it got revolutionized again in the way the game was played 15 years later. Yeah, Absolutely. And now shooting and people making threes from as far back as possible are a lot of the highlights that you see versus post-up moves or, I mean, it's it's a crazy emphatic dunk or something behind the three-point line. Right. That's threes, what's marketed. You, you're playing threes or dunks. That's it. Threes or dunks, baby. That could, That feels like it could be like a drinking game or something. And you'd get hammered if you watched an NBA <laughs> game playing it. Take a take a drink for uh, every point. That's a three or. A well, dunk. why don't you try it? You're gonna watch the. We're, we're both watching the Western Conference Finals tonight. Why don't Why don't we play it tonight? Uh, well, I gotta every, work tomorrow, bud. I mean, me too. They're counting on me. Tigers are out of town. Come on, Let's strap in. Strap in. Let's go. Strap in. Let's go. Let's run through a couple of these work topics. This one um, is a headline that we've been seeing. And, and more informative, I guess, for the for the audience and something I'm curious to get your take on. This is this idea of Amazon is starting to buy NFL rights, already has. Thursday night football games are going to be broadcast on Amazon Prime this upcoming season. If I remember correctly off the top of my head, 
I think there's going to be maybe one or two games that are um, exclusively on Amazon Prime. The rest will also be on who I think Fox has Thursday Night Football or NFL Network, and then they'll also just be streamed on Amazon Prime. But Amazon Prime is currently pushing and offering like up to $100 million or maybe more than that. Let me check my motherfucking notes here. Yeah, $100 million for a Black Friday NFL game the weekend of Thanksgiving. 100 mil to broadcast one game a year. Okay, one, it's it's lucrative, the dollar amount, uh, uh, to do this. So I, I understand why the NFL is doing it. Uh, Thinking about it hasn't been officially made. Right, thinking about doing it. Uh, <laughs> They're going to do it. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> But I also I just want to say this now um, before before it starts happening, I, I hate getting off of Thursday, Sunday, and Monday. Like the NFL already has three days, and now they're they're already they're gonna let Amazon just buy Friday, just one Friday. I, okay, it starts that way. But and I mean, then, they also, and then it's going to turn into it's going to turn into Amazon Football Fridays. You know that. Come on, maybe. this is just the start. Maybe. Um, I mean, it's kind of similar with they play Saturday games uh, around Christmas from time to time, and then you get all of a sudden we're getting playoff games on Saturdays and stuff as well. So yeah, the NFL it, is going to be on whenever. Where does play. the MAC fit in? It, the MAC has it's, uh, the MAC is on Tuesdays, and it's a travesty. That is the best football in the country, <laughs> and we can't catch it on prime time. You don't believe that for a second, not even a little bit. But I don't. I do. I do believe that 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 professional football shouldn't be played on Friday night. I I would agree as well. I'm okay with the Black Friday game as as a one off. Um, but yeah, like a weekly Friday night game. Would be unfortunate friday night is for high school football yes that's it yeah, it's, it's interesting i was curious i was thinking about this as we were talking monday night football has been around our entire lives thursday night football didn't start until the 2006 season so really yeah like i guess now we've had a majority of our lives with thursday night football but it wasn't it, it wasn't a thing for also a decent chunk of our lives and now it's just something that you expect and something that, like, I love. I love that there's Thursday night football as a fan. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm good with Thursday night. And, and what's funny is I didn't even mention, I guess, did I mention Monday night? Did I say Monday night? Before? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, I, I guess I was 13 when Thursday night football was invented. And I remember it more because of a video game than the, its actual yeah. – induction which is wild uh but yeah i mean maybe that's what they're doing to us now gen z is going to be like friday night football is a thing what are you guys talking about get off our lawn i don't i don't think they'll do that because they're cannibalizing their main fan base which is high school football players high school football players and their families can't watch nfl games on friday now but Oh, so the NFL is going to push high school football to a whole different day just so that they can play games on Friday. Right. Wednesday. Be wild. That would be wild. Um, let's move to our next one here. The WNBA started a couple weeks ago. Not sure if you are aware. Sabrina Ionescu. When did the comments start? When did the comments start? Uh, I, I think they've ceased to exist for a couple of years, unfortunately. That's but disastrous. Uh, for those who don't know, the Houston oh, the Detroit, comments, uh, whatever shock, they were called. Shock. The Detroit Shock. Bill Cult- Lambeer was their head coach. Culture yourself for getting their name. That's horrible. Knew their head coach. Yeah, that's uh, that's good. I'm glad. Uh, the, the Houston Comets. Dude, Houston Comets. Let's take a minute. They were the OGs, right? Yes. And they played four seasons, four championships, and then hung it up. That's that's that is the they are the Jay Z's of the uh, of the WNBA. Yeah, I mean that's a pretty good record. Um, so the WNBA is in an interesting predicament right now because they they have twelve teams, okay, and they're essentially starting to reach a point where the consensus is there is more talent. Uh, just in terms of women's basketball players, than there are 
roster spots. So the kind of stats that they're using are looking at each year of the WNBA draft. Sometimes nearly half of the players drafted in the WNBA draft never play a minute in the WNBA. They get cut before the season even starts because they have small rosters. They only have uh, a 12 max roster. And because the salary cap is so small, a lot of teams actually only carry 11 players because they can't afford to pay a 12th player. So now superstars in the league, Brianna Stewart, Sue Bird, Diana Taurasi even came out and said something about how like there is now a surplus of talented women's basketball players and there currently isn't enough roster spot or cap in the WNBA to truly like uh, mature that that talent. And so this gets expansion talks happening, right? Like, oh, okay, we have the talent base. We have people who are now getting interested in the WNBA. Viewership's going up. ESPN is broadcasting. A bunch of corporations have stepped in and are massive partners and supporters of the WNBA and also the NBA supports the WNBA financially. So they're talking about potentially like two to four expansion teams in the next year or next couple years, which I think would be great. What cities, if you got to pick two cities that have WNBA teams, where are you going? Oh, okay. Uh, let me, let me give you a devil's advocate to, okay. to the, to the WNBA stuff. And then while I'm doing that, I'll give you my two expansion cities. Um, okay. First, I, I don't – I'm not ready to commit to this WNBA. I do love the WNBA, and I love what it's doing, and I love where it's headed. I just don't see – I'm struggling to under, wrap my mind around the logic that they're using that the half the draft class not making the roster is why we need expansion because I think that's not necessarily an out-of-the-norm – practice across sports what's it uh, in the nba it well I, I mean ha- if you're taking half the draft class in the nba that's saying the second round uh yeah the WNBA is only three rounds okay right and that's my point so i'm getting at the second you're literally saying that the the second rounders in the nba would be not making the team which i would argue a lot of the second rounders in the NBA don't make the team. Yeah, that's true. They're, they're not on the NBA roster. A lot are in the G league, right? Which there is, that was part of their thing too, is there is no development league for the WNBA. So then the only thing that they can do is go overseas overseas. And a lot of times that conflicts with the WNBA, but yeah, that's a good point. Which is, which is a different, I mean, the, before the G league, the NBA had the overseas debacle too, but yeah, so, uh, so I, I at the end of the day, this is all a, a good sign to me for the WNBA because, because they're hitting those stages of a, of a, a fledged that progress, I, a growth, whatever you call it, growth stages yep. of a league, and and, and your the NBA has already gone through it, just like you described. Um, but I'm just I'm not ready to. I understand what they're trying to do. Like Diana Taurasi saying like, oh, because half our guys aren't making, getting, you know, making the teams in the draft. It's because we need a bigger talent pool. Well, come on. that They're saying that because they're the players and they want more money. Like that's not a, they're, they're, that's, that's what they should say. Like, well, yeah, those are two, two separate things. One, they do think that there should be a higher salary cap, which would help alleviate, at least teams not even carrying full rosters, but they also believe that the league could sustain additional teams. I mean, the WNBA only having 12 teams makes it basically tied for the second or the smallest professional league. No, I'm not. NWSL has 12 teams, which that shocked me to see. I'm not arguing that the WNBA shouldn't expand because the, and correct me if I'm wrong, the WNBA has been bigger at former at, at former dates, it's you, been you might be right. I'm not 100 percent sure. It's I think it's been larger than 12 before. So okay. uh, I think we're they've been at this stage already. Yeah, and I just I, so I'm not I'm not opposed to them getting bigger. I'm I'm cheering for them to get bigger. I just I want them to do it correctly. Is I guess what I'm 
getting at. It, yeah, because you, you don't want an expansion franchise to fail and fall on this and, and let's talk let's talk that uh it's a beautiful segue right into our next grab bag the arizona oh coyote. you gotta give me two locations oh i do owe you two two coyote that's a tease folks that's a tease for you right there uh two locations for the next WNBA franchises can't be cities that have already had a team oh damn which is is a probably not even a caveat that they would take into account but for this exercise, let's take okay. it. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, well, Portland. Uh, uh, Portland. Uh, easy. Layup. Um, I think Portland. And, folks, Portland's a town. They support the wonkiest stuff. So, like, they would be all over a WNBA team. Like, it would, it would be similar to Seattle in support, I would tell you, uh, just because Portland – jives that way uh and ian call me out if i'm wrong there no portland was at the top of my list as well uh and then man i'm i'm gonna go the the whole you threw me through a loop with the can't have a team there before notion because i think a lot of my a lot of my struggle with the wnba is a lot of teams lost their wnba team for financial reasons before not for lack of fan support which yes good point and so i think there's a lot of cities that i said really... san diego wow see san diego would not be on my my list but tell me why tell me give me give me the reasoning why so uh, they have currently only two professional sports teams in San Diego. One is the Padres, and one is a brand-new NWSL team, the San Diego Wave, and they're crushing it. Like, they're selling out. They're doing all these – like, they're killing it from a fan perspective. So there you have one proven women's sports fandom – directly comparing women's soccer fans to women's basketball fans is a little bit of a generalization. I, I, I um, concede that fact, but you have proven women's sports fandom and a vacuum in the market of professional sports teams. No, I think that's a very valid. And San Diego is a massive Metro area. Uh, yeah, I, I guess that's valid. I, I, I also thought Nashville as like two B. Nashville would have been my um, my on my list, I guess. Um, for some reason, I'm I'm want to throw New Orleans. I like that in the in the in the mix, but I really have no reason yeah, why. I, like that. I have I no like reason that, why to support New Orleans. I just think they're losing everything at a colossal pace, and I think they want to glom onto something. They only have two teams, right? Yep. Yeah, I like New Orleans, too. I would not have thought of that one. Um, as you mentioned, the NHL is having some interesting issues with the uh, Arizona Coyotes of Phoenix. Uh, they known as the Phoenix Coyotes, right, at one point? Yeah, they were the Phoenix Coyotes. And I honestly loved their logo when the Fe- they were the Phoenix Coyotes, and they are slowly bringing it back into an alternate logo. Yes, um, the sweaters. The, the, yes, they are. But um, for those who, who don't know, two things here to state. Uh, first, we are not a hockey podcast. Um, no. And second, um, the Arizona Coyotes have been have been and are, both past tense and present tense, are the worst and most tumultuous, tumultuous franchise in the NHL as for, from an ownership standpoint, um, from a performance on the ice standpoint, they are by far the most drama ridden franchise. Um, and they're a hockey team in the desert, which makes no sense. And they, um, their attendance and revenue, um, follows that suit as you would expect. Um, so recently, the Arizona Coyotes have run into trouble with their uh, arena, and they are going to move out at, uh, at the conclusion of this season like a bad girlfriend. Um, 
And they've landed on an agreement with the Arizona State University, which is in, correct me if I'm wrong, and I believe it's in Tempe? Uh, yes. It's in, like, the Scottsdale, Tempe, like, metro area. I think it's all in the same area. Uh, right. Tempe is, like, southern Phoenix in, in like, if you're looking at a map. Uh, it's closer to Scottsdale, I'm pretty sure, but maybe I'm wrong. It, uh, it is in Tempe. Meanwhile, while Ian regardless looks up, where, regardless of where Tempe is at, that is where Arizona State is. Okay, so Arizona State is in Tempe. Uh, yes. The Arizona Coyotes have decided they're going to play their hockey games at Arizona State's hockey facility now. Uh, there's multiple things to say about this. One, Arizona State um, is in a is a desert university. No matter what city it's in, while Ian's looking this up, um, it's in a desert. So hockey is not normally a, a sport that's practiced uh, regularly. Uh, so the arena is only seating 5,700 people. Um, at full capacity and that includes standing room only. So if you are a season ticket holder for the Arizona coyotes, you're probably going to be transitioned to some sort of SRO situation. Um, unless you were high up of the high ups. Um, and the, the thing that I think is crazy, um, the Coyotes have no plan of where to go. They, 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 of where to go. There's uh, this is like a multiple season stopgap for the Coyotes. This, which is wild, a professional franchise playing in at Arizona State, a five thousand ish seat venue as a professional franchise. Yeah, it's it's bonkers because they almost also got booted out of their arena in the middle of the season for basically not paying rent. Mm-hmm. At one point, the doors were locked. They and did not pay rent. They skimped rent. Yes, they skipped rent. They the professional hockey team skipped rent on their facility on their arena. Um, that arena, Gila. Gila River Arena, whatever the fuck, held 19,000 people. Now they're going to a college hockey barn that, as Cullen said, holds 5,000. There's a couple other wild things. One, I just read this today. So great timing. They are not, Arizona State is not allowing them to paint their logo on center ice. So the Arizona Coyotes hockey games are going to be played on an ice with the Arizona state logo at center ice. So first of all, that's wild. Um, and also from a business standpoint, coyotes, obviously not paying rent. They're moving into arena. That's what? 25% of the size. They increased season ticket prices. Three X for this coming season. Exclusivity. Exclusivity to get a ticket. Unreal. People are like losing their fucking minds. But uh, let me let me let me flip this on you because one if you're one of the 5,000 people in there, cool for you. It's going to be great. Uh If there's 5,000 people in there. Well, if you're a season ticket, there had to be in a in a 20,000 seat arena, you would have to think they had at least 3,000 season ticket holders. I would, I would think so. But all of that, no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Let's talk about be, why they increase it three x. Why did they increase it three times? Because they're they're they lost all the revenue from being able to collect the ni sponsors, Dasher board sponsors, because they have to sh- now one they have zero revenue from anything on ice. And which is now what's going to be really fun to watch. Nobody listening to this podcast, no member of the hundreds of thousands is going to care about this episode because they'll never be able to see the Arizona coyotes on national television because ESPN won't be able to put their digitally enhanced advertising on the ice because Arizona state controls it. 
So, so the Coyotes will never be seen on national TV. If the Coyotes make the playoffs, I don't know what's going to happen. There's going to be probably riots in the streets, Armageddon, <laughs> like because they literally are not allowing anything but in stadium digital ads for the coyotes to sell right so so what happened you're never there's no chance that espn comes in or tnt comes in and picks up a game no I, i can't imagine i can't either and so i mean and then let's i want to throw one other thing that's a wild i've never seen before situation here um there was a clause in the agreement with arizona state Jan. i don't know if you you saw this i know Uh, i don't think i saw this i have never seen this and and i'm sure there might be some out there this has this might not be the first ever but it's the first i've ever seen there was a public decency clause for the (laughs) owner of the coyotes in the agreement of the with the with the Arizona with Arizona State. So it basically said, and I'll, I'll read the exact verbiage. Um, it basically said that if he uh, defaces the widely held principles of public morality or fails to conduct its business or affairs with a high degree of integrity and or honesty and and slash or fails to act as a good corporate citizen would be grounds <laughs> for the university Arizona State University to terminate the agreement a good corporate citizen is that a what the line good, was good corporate citizen which wild for them to have that kind of in um the language i i have actually seen something similar to this before and also just recently though where the um, washington commanders are potentially trying to buy new sites of land for a new stadium or get public funding for their current stadium and the local government of one of these counties like arlington county or whatever i think where the current stadium is at said that they would not um release any public funds unless dan snyder could prove that the um uh like um environment of the workplace hadn't had uh improved and there was no longer sexual harassment happening within the workplace and all these things. So like a little different, but kind of similar. And until reading that article, I had never seen anything directly like that, let alone get released to the public. Right. Of like, yeah, we're basically watching for this guy not to be a fucking idiot. First right. That's what, that's what they're saying is like the guy with the money is kind of a loose cannon. Like that's yeah. a, that's literally what they're, that's what Arizona saying. Arizona state is saying, which I mean, for a college team to have leverage over an NHL franchise is wild. Which how, okay. How bad does all of this look on the NHL? Terrible. Like the, the NHL looks like a clown show with this. I'm wondering what's the motivation. Are the owners trying to move and like, let's just to get public money somewhere. No, Do you, here's what I think. I think this is an Oakland A's. They're tanking the situation in Oakland trying to get out. I think this is the same thing happening in Arizona. They're trying to tank the situation and trying to get out, get a new city to say like, Hey, we'll build you a fucking stadium or whatever. So where do you think they're going? Hartford. You think they're going back to Hartford, Connecticut? Heart, I think Hartford's a, a, a top option. Uh, I, uh, here's the bias. I'll say it. I think Houston is on the table. Uh, just be, in Legitimately. Sure. Because, yes, legitimately. Just because of size and we have available venues. Um, yeah. They're not so, going back to Atlanta. No. Um, but I also think there's, there's options Canada. in the Midwest. Uh, Cleveland. Uh, interesting. Portland, another, another, another shout out. Portland. Uh, be interesting. 
I think there, I think there's a lot of options actually for hockey. Um, I think you could even Indianapolis. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of cities that actually are, are options that nobody talks about. And all of those cities that I just listed have venues yeah. readily available um, that could support a hockey team. So it's not, it's a, it's a crap shoot. I don't think this, I, I think the coyotes are trying to pitch this as a multi-year, like we're going to hunker down in a 5,000 seat stadium and F the world and off we go. I, I don't think that's the situation. I think they're going to hunker down for 40 games and you're going to see a plan for them to ski daddle out of Arizona. Yeah, it's not good for the league for them to be doing that shit. Right. So, uh, buy an Arizona Coyotes jersey now if you want it. Would be my would be my suggestion, folks. Yeah, because they'll probably fully rebrand when they leave. Uh, right. I, I don't think there's gonna be. I mean, I might be wrong. I don't, but I just don't think it would be the uh, would be the Portland Coyotes no. if they moved. No. Um. Just for the record. Arizona in this past season that is currently in the playoffs ranked 30 out of 32 in the NHL for average home attendance with a whopping 11,601 fans on average coming to the Gila River Arena to watch the Coyotes. Wait, wait, it's, isn't it Gila? You're calling it Gia. It's not a double L. It's probably Gila. You're probably right. Gia, it would be a double L. Okay. Uh, Gila is like the Gila monster, like the lizard. Okay. Uh, but uh, who are the bottom two? If I had to guess, I would say Florida. But they were really good this year, so that would make no sense. Um, Carolina, was all, who's also a repeat offender for bad attendance, is really good this year. Um... Who would be bad attendance in the NHL below Arizona? It's neither of those teams. Florida was 24th. Uh, this is actually interesting. I mean, Florida is in the semifinals of the conference right now. They were 24th. As is Calgary. They were 25th. Well, uh, Calgary is, I would be, be, what if I don't know if you have percentage numbers. Calgary just has a small old arena. So Calgary was only 74%. Whew, saddle them. Where you at? Yeah. Ian and I were considering moving there. Uh, that's true. So 31st was Buffalo, and 32nd was the Senators of Ottawa. Ottawa? What, Canada? What's going on in Canada? Canada had a handful of teams at the bottom. Ottawa, 32. Oh, you know what, though? I bet Canada COVID. still has COVID restrictions. COVID. Yeah. Because Ottawa's 32, Winnipeg 28, Calgary 25. This is, 25, cheating. This is Ed- cheating. Edmonton this 22. Is, this is this is Trump propaganda you're spewing here. Montreal 21, Toronto 20. Yeah, there's yes. no Canadian there's, team there's, higher there's, than 20. Okay, I will literally eat the white dog shit if Toronto is ever at the bottom of an attendance uh, of anything hockey. Yeah, I mean, this says that they were at 20 for this season. So Canada must have had some COVID restrictions for attendance. Well, they probably definitely did at the beginning of the year. This is the 21-22 season. So it yeah. started October of yeah, 20, 22, uh, or 21. 21. So we were still probably under some limits. Let's go into game seven of the NBA. Let's. Conference semifinals, which happened uh, over the weekend, or they were both on Sunday, actually, uh, where we had the Milwaukee Bucks play the Boston Celtics and can, the Dallas Mavericks play the Phoenix Suns. Can 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 I do? Do you have a overlying point, or can I? Can I just? I have I have something. I have no over overarching point on this. All one. right, I got one because this is what I what I want to say. Um, I think this for a non-basketball fan, and I wish we had Tom on for this, but um, for a non-arching, a non-overarching basketball fan, this was a beautiful. This weekend was a beautiful example of the two two 
overarching awful ways a game seven can go for your team. And and example one was and and they're they're both the stereotypical awful ways. And example one was the Milwaukee Bucks with Boston in that the Bucks were up three two. They lost game six. You could feel it slipping after they lost game six um, at home. Um, and, and you just felt that kick in the – that kick was just – they weren't going to overcome it. And then game seven, it, the just wheels came off the wagon and everything went to hell in a handbasket. And then – which is a completely different mental collapse – than what I think happened in game seven of the Phoenix Dallas debacle, even though Phoenix lost game six, the same way after being up three, two Phoenix lost game six, the, the, the Phoenix Dallas situation was more, I think Phoenix, it was that situation internally in game in the game you Phoenix started it started slipping it started getting away from a first quarter let's just start there where it's b- way before it got to a 40 point blowout <laughs> but like first quarter you feel it start slipping and the suns just tighten up in the game and and everything went to shit like everything goes bad and then that's when when and the the opposing team, which you saw it live happen, Luca, when you when they when Chris Paul and Devin Booker's assholes got so tight they could make diamonds, uh, Luca Luca clicked it into a whole another drive and just said, "All right, my time," and it, they just start free balling, um, and you saw Luca score twenty seven points in the first quarter and was shooting from 49,000 feet away from the hoop and uh, Brunson just making fools of people. Uh, It was absurd. It was just two very different styles of the classic mental breakdowns that teams have uh, in the playoffs. And I think this is a uh, ultimate – backup reason for why we need seven games plus for all playoff series in all sports. Yeah. What stood out to me is that Milwaukee over the last two games in that series, I think in both game six and game seven shot less than 20% from the three point line. You're not going to win a game doing that. I don't know why they consciously left Grant Williams to shoot 18 wide open three pointers and 18 is not an exaggeration. He went like 12 of 18 or, or excuse me, seven of 18, but still to let anybody in the NBA. That's like your disrespect to me in the LBA. You never covered me. 18 wide open threes. And I'll make seven. I'll make seven. Unreal dude. And it's not like Grant Williams is fucking shack out there. Like, He's a guy who shoots threes and has hit threes, and the Bucks were just like, go ahead and shoot him, and he just bang, 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 bang. All right, my um, brain. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, but, yeah, then the – I mean, the Mavs-Sun game, like you said, was was kind of a double whammy of almost coolness, though, of like the Suns' collapse was partially caused by Luka saying, this is my game. This is my game. And – they didn't get things going and then didn't have an answer. And then, like you said, it just tightened up. Everything. Game over. To it be tightened. down 40 at home in game seven, like, oh, man. That's- let me let me ask you this. Did you hear – because I, I stayed around to the fourth quarter of the Suns-Mavs game. Did I couldn't you, watch it, dude. Okay, so I, let me – I'll paint a picture for you because you know I am a, a word Picasso. An orator. Yeah. Uh, I have been called the Rembrandt of this podcast. Um, I So as we are coming back from the commercial break, uh, and no free plug, so I won't tell you what network. Um, as we're coming back, the PA announced, the Suns are down 36? 
Was it 36? Uh, they were down a lot. Uh, too much. They were down enough that you – it was 36, 37, whatever the exact number is. You can look it up on the internet. It's not important to the story. Um, the Suns are down enough that you know they're not coming back unless this is a miracle. Um, the PA announcer is caught on the television broadcast going – all right, Suns fans, get on your feet. It's time for the fourth quarter. <laughs> and I'm just like, if I was the PA guy for the Suns during this, I would just skip that part of the read. I would just be like, <laughs> read the room. Like, read the room, read the room. Like, we're not – we. everybody knows we're down 37 and we're not coming back. Like, I'm not doing this for the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's a a consummate professional, that guy. A consummate professional. I I mean, yes, he's true to his craft, but I just I'm I'm calling into question his uh what his judgment. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, some people are saying that the Kardashian curse lives on. That's a great. Great call. Um, as as a known and public and loud conspiracy theory uh, believer, I'm all about it. More evidence, the better. I I think the Kardashian curse. I hope they live with it and can't sleep at night. <laughs> Not a single W has been taken over in that realm, dude. I I'm ready to say they ruined James Harden's career. <laughs> and I'm ready. What about Lamar Odom? How's his career going? Well, you want to talk to Chris Humphreys. You want to talk to Reggie Bush. You want to talk I, to Blake Griffin. I'm starting to say that they're the poison apple. Once you take a, once you take a bite, you're, you've got like your days are numbered. I mean, you can't be eating the rotten apple. That's I. Or I'm like Kendrick kidding. says the stale plum. <laughs> How much evidence do you need? How much evidence do you need? James, if James Harden couldn't survive it, nobody can. Nobody can. Uh, it was also interesting to see NBA players during the game clowning the Suns on social media. Uh, okay. Of all sorts. Let, let's Not talk, just Pat Bev. Did, okay, well, let's talk. Get, get everybody else out of the way, and then let's talk Pat Bev. Well, I, I mean, I saw like Anthony Edwards was like on live which, saying this is fucking embarrassing. It's like, all right, which is Anthony Edwards one to throw shade? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, probably not. <laughs> I right. mean, he had, like, a hell of a, he, he had a hell of a series. Who, who is he to throw shade at Chris Paul? I don't think Anthony Edwards threw shade at Chris Paul directly. He threw it at the whole team. He threw it at the whole team, but I, all right, fine. But so were a lot of them. A lot of people were on, a lot of check mark NBA players were on the, on the social hate i don't this which is I don't, crazy and i don't i don't, understand, I, I don't understand the sun's hate but yes i did see the sun's hate train that was happening um, but pat bev was the main offender and then he went on espn the next day and just doubled down doubled down um he's smart though he's getting that career after sports okay one let well let's talk let's talk pat bev i'm a huge pat bev guy uh, I loved him. I've been a Pat Bev guy from Rockets days at the the OG Pat Bev, um, and then I know you know, uh, proud listener Pat Zajac and former guest of the show is a Pat Bev guy. Um, but to call Chris Paul a traffic cone is true. <laughs> like that's true. Like, and for those who don't know, he Pat Bev called Chris Paul a traffic cone. Uh, said he couldn't defend and he was overrated, uh, and I'm paraphrasing a lot. Um, he did call him a traffic cone. That part's true and, and is not a paraphrase. But he basically said he couldn't defend. Um, he couldn't defend at all, much less to the level that Pat Bev did, yada, yada, yada. Um, which I don't – I'm not denying anything of what Pat Bev said is – true like i think everything he said is true i just don't think that he's capturing the full encapsulation of what chris paul does for the team you know what i'm saying 
He was but, just out of pocket saying that. Right. Uh, but what, why Pat Bev is saying that is because there's Pat Bev, Chris Paul beef yes. from, from before. Let, you can go back to Houston, L.A. You can go back to uh, OKC. Was it OKC um, and um, L.A.? When Pat Bev was with L.A. and Yeah, I mean, Chris, even Clippers. I mean, it's every stop of the road. Right. Well, they both have lived out of suitcases for the last three years. So it, you, wherever they've come into more than three years, because I'm now dating myself, Pat Bev hasn't been on the Rockets for five years. So um, stretch that. They both lived out of suitcases for five plus years. Um and they've gotten fights constantly. Pat Bev does not jive with the way Chris Paul operates his teams. Um, you know, to each their own. They're different working styles. But to just do it in such a public manner, I think, is wild. Yeah, I, I agree. And and I did. I don't know. I don't know that like is the right word. But I did see a handful, if not more, players come out past and former and say like whether you're right or wrong that's out of pocket to be doing especially to double down and go on espn but this is not my idea this is something i saw on the timeline today like pat bev is smart because it's about to be instead of skip and and shannon or fucking skip and Stephen a it's about to be pat bev and jj reddick or pat bev and uh draymond so like the network or Drew Brees. Yeah. Well, he said he might be playing football again today. Uh, yeah. Jameis Winston is like, I'm over eating W's. Do we Hodging think heavy do, bags? Okay. While I think Jameis Winston is trash, do we think Drew Brees is uh, ready to play quarterback in the NFL and could to, could take a team to the next level? He sat out last year. He did not play last year, right? Correct. Man, I don't. I don't think so. Probably not. Right, like I, I, I'm seeing you, know, and this is a definite cutback tangent. But I, I see a lot of people on Twitter being like, "Drew Brees can be Tom Brady and come back." Like, folks, Tom Brady is Michael Jordan. We, we are watching somebody who is a freak of nature, who is what, so much better than anybody else we've ever seen, and it's in stupid that he's been able to do it this long. Drew Brees was bad in his last year. Like his last year, he wasn't good. I'm not convinced he will come back and be better than Jameis Winston, who is a not good. But I don't <laughs> like. I don't think Jameis. I don't think Drew Brees is coming back and is going to just be like chucking it 40 yards downfield, no problem. No, I mean I agree. There's a couple things. One, um, I think at that age, sitting out an entire year doesn't help you get better at playing it probably makes it more difficult for you to come back so he's got that working against him and then like you mentioned his brady's arm strength has seemingly not diminished like people say it does but then you look at the stats and his balls downfield air yards all this type of stuff is still basically up there with his norms drew Brees's throwing ability visibly and statistically declined in his past or his last what year or two on the saints so yeah it's like what does he have like what arm does he have left to throw with i i would argue he doesn't have one no uh, i don't think so either i think but, he's just trying to get a little well but then let's talk to drew that was the money sign I, I oh yeah for the Twitch only the Twitch feed saw that um, so bad radio sorry sorry I should have described it for everybody on the on the on the pod uh, folks on the Twitch feed saw Ian did the money Manzel sign um, but Manziel. but Jan we we we've heard of the Drew Brees uh, debacle of him backing out of the TV deal and everything yes yeah true. Good point. Uh, and and tell me what network I can't remember right now, but uh, with NBC was with NBC. Correct. Uh, he did recently back out of a deal with NBC where he was the broadcaster. 
and then it was a very uh, open-ended um, back out where he said he was going to play football, play with coaches' kids, or uh, be a dad, or go cook, or barbecue, or be a carpenter, or like just do a laundry list of items. Uh, I, I felt like I was listening to the song My List by Toby Keith. <laughs> yeah, he was leaving all of his options open. That is for damn sure. Yeah, well, I, I mean, he does. I, that's his option, his choice. Um, but I just, it's strange. I don't, it makes you wonder what's going on in these broadcast companies. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, let's wrap this thing up and get on out of here for the evening. This is episode number 66. I think we both have one athlete who comes to mind above all else at a number that is tough to find. Uh, yeah, number 66. I've got one and I don't think it's close. Uh, I did this off the dome. Uh, Mario Lemieux. That's the one. Yeah, not a uh, hockey podcast, but not a hockey podcast. But folks, it's the hockey playoffs, and if you're not watching, they've been fire. I will admit they're fire. Um, you should tune in. Like they're in my wild got eliminated. My team was eliminated. I'm still saying watch them. Um, they they've been incredible. The internet told me that both game sevens uh, of the first round went to overtime on the same night. Um, so that's I will, the internet should have also told you that the NHL game sevens that they stacked up all weekend. It was a record five game sevens over the weekend. All five were better than the two that the NBA just ketchuped out um, yeah, for tough. us. Uh, so I'm telling you folks, Watch the NHL playoffs, please. It will you will be better for it. They've been so good. Um, I, even la- as of this recording, last night the Colorado game, a Colorado St. Louis went to overtime. Colorado is the best team in hockey uh, in the West. Florida is the best team in hockey. Colorado's the best team in the West. Went to overtime. A thrilling game. Please, please watch. It's really fun. Do it. No free ads. No free ads. I don't work in hockey. Well, we're not, the NHL isn't paying us shit. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. Like it's, but it's fun. Like they are fun. Colin's having a great time. I am. Some stick puck. Uh, Prince, uh, the Battle of Alberta. Come on, what what are we talking about? Where do you? Where do you? We haven't seen this. Haven't seen this since 1991. We're seeing history. What's the Battle of Alberta? Is it Edmonton, Toronto? Uh, Edmonton, Calgary in the playoffs. Haven't seen it since. That's 19- not happening though. Currently. Yes, it is. Oh, is Calgary playing the Oilers? Yeah, Edmonton, Calgary. Oh, okay. I thought I don't remember who I thought they were playing, but I didn't realize that they were playing Edmonton. That's on me. Edmonton, Calgary. Uh, they're both in Alberta, which is a province yes uh so it's a battle of alberta first time it's happened uh since 1991 uh so we're seeing history now uh, they're it, are alive right that's what that's my point so first time in our lifetime um that we're seeing this um the whole the whole province of alberta is rocking right <laughs> now so uh get pick your side what side are you uh, that's let's ask that throw that to the socials what side of the prince the battle of alberta are you on are you okay. Edmonton or Calgary? Okay. Okay. We'll see what the people say. What are you uh, on? I want to ask you. Well, you know I'm with riding with the Saddle Dome. Oh, you're Team Calgary? Yep. I I would normally be Team Calgary too. Um but just for the sake of the pod and to be a contrarian, I'll I'll go Team Edmonton cuz Edmonton, I don't know if you've seen, I know you haven't cuz you haven't watched a dime of hockey. Don't uh, they have the leading scorer? Uh, they do, but they also also have some sick unis. They've been rock rocking for the playoffs. So, um, just to be a contrarian and just for the sake of the pod, I'll switch to Edmonton uh, and take take them for for the Battle of Alberta. Okay, we'll see who comes out on top and who is the pride of the province. Let's make that the fantasy five this week. Battle the pride of, of the Al- province. The, the Battle of Alberta. It's, okay. it's that's a thing who you got in the battle of Alberta, Calgary, Edmonton. I'll be Edmonton. You got Calgary. Okay. There we go. 
find out next time on uh, who is up in the standings there. Yeah, there we go. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, fellow degenerates, which if you listen to this podcast, you're look in the mirror, you're a degenerate. It's yep. okay. We're here for you. Um, and we support you. We love this, you. We do love you. You love us. This has been episode number 66 of the podcast. That's only two sixes, not three. Mario. Okay? Not three. Hey, when uh, we get to 99, you know who it's going to be. Of course. Of course. Um, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all of you degenerates out there, keep your head on a swivel because you do not want to get laid the fuck. <laughs>